What NFC North running back may be in for a lot more catches this year? What former first-round dynasty bust might be in for a massive 2018 campaign? And who is the Houston running back to own this season? Plus, FFPC 1250 Dynasty League number 7 champions Tom and Cameron Hooker sit in with me tonight to talk about their big win, their even bigger DeAndre Hopkins trade, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Tom and Cameron Hooker are here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your Eric Balkman Show edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Live from the WRST Radio Studios in beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and heard around the world on the WRST stream, it's the Eric Balkman Show. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is normally the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. However, tonight I am joined by a couple of guys who took down the 1250 number 7 Dynasty League in the FFPC last season, both diehard Broncos fans, father and son duo that won a lot of money in this league last year. Please welcome into the show tonight's co-host, Mr. Tom and Mr. Cameron Hooker. Tom, Cameron, thanks uh, for co-hosting tonight with me, guys. Really appreciate this, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Nice to uh, be here tonight. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having us on. Listen, the pleasure is all on this side of the microphone for sure, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to uh, pick both your brains tonight. With we get some double trouble, um, perhaps some stuff you guys agree on, perhaps some stuff you disagree on. It's going to be a fantastic show. Uh, and coming up tonight, we're going to break down how good Eric Ebron can be with the change of scenery in Indianapolis, what we see in Darius Geis's future, and a bunch more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Uh, feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Falkman. Dave is, of course, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you uh, have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We will do our best to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. The man behind the glass is your mutual friend, or I guess our mutual friend, Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, working uh, tonight on the show. Sans Dave Gerzak, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, before we get to, uh, to our interview here with, uh, with Tom and Cameron, I, I want to remind everybody that the Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird Promotion is going on right now. Remember, uh, you can do this up to three times for every 
uh, team that you sign up uh, uh, under the early bird, uh, which I believe is June 15th, or excuse me, June 30th, and you have to draft the team before July 15th, you get a free $35 uh, credit, league credit. So you can use that for 35 best ball, 35 classics, 35 super flex, whatever you want to do. Uh, that is going on right now. And uh, you just have to draft the team before July 15th. Remember, the Football Guys Players Champion kick, uh, chip, uh, kicks off on May 6th this year, so another month earlier. A lot of time to get in on that. And there's still some time to get in on the FFPC main event early bird. That expires May 31st. You can uh, make sure that you are getting $100 off your team, $250 off each additional team. And room discounts at Planet Hollywood, too, $79 on the weeknights, $179 on the weekends. You can. Uh, there's actually a banner right on the main event page at the very bottom. Click on that, and the, uh, the discount is applied. Go ahead and book. Uh, you can also uh, book with uh, Greg Sidoris, our Las Vegas uh, host, which we really appreciate it, from Casino Connections. I uh, certainly appreciate his work, and uh, if you have any questions, obviously you can always email uh, me, uh, eric at myffpc.com. Register for best ball drafts right now, starting at $35, going all the way up to $250. That are, actually, $1250. There's a 1250 big dog out there that you can register. That is drafting now. And Dynasty Startups, now available, myffpc.com slash dynasty. Uh, I don't think we have any startups going on this weekend. Uh, we've had a bunch already go off, and I think our next batch goes off next weekend. Those are close to filling. Check those out now. Back to tonight's co-hosts. Uh, thanks, guys, once again for uh, for joining me. I'm going to pitch this to Tom first, uh, and then Cameron, go ahead and chime in after Tom. Uh, but tell the listeners what you guys do for a living. Well, I don't really do much of anything, Eric. I'm a retired man. I've been uh, retired for about three and a half years now, and so I have plenty of time to uh, – play fantasy football and uh, uh, support my teams. And then uh, Cameron, tell tell us what you do, Cam. Oh, well, uh, I work in finance. I'm a, der- a derivative and collateral analyst. So it's kind Dave of, is going to be I very upset more about it, but... that, that he, he, well, listen, Dave is going to be very upset that he missed this tonight because anytime we have anybody in the world of finance on the show, he loves to grill him with, uh, with, with any kind of um, edge he can get with his investments and what have you. Uh, so certainly, he, I will not be picking your brain on that, Cameron. Uh, so you, this will be a strictly oh, right fantasy on. football conversation tonight. And uh, so that's awesome. So you do that. You, you, yeah. you, you're obviously the statistical analyst. And uh, Tom, obviously, you handled the, uh, the the aspect of whatever needs to be worked on since you have a lot of free time. It's it's a good yin and yang <laughs> relationship that you guys have, Tom. Yeah, we keep For each sure. other uh, keep each other out of trouble. Uh, you know, we uh, uh, have a good check and balance with each other. Don't make Excellent any dumb to hear. mistakes. I want to talk. <laughs> Listen, I've I've been there with plenty of co-owners in in uh, in the past. You know, it's funny as as many times as I think a co-owner a co-owner has saved me from making a mistake. Uh, he's also caused me to make uh, one myself. So it, it it definitely is a check and balance thing. Uh, let's talk about the 1250 Dynasty uh, title that you guys had last year. Uh, Tom, I want to ask you right away, uh, kick things off about this big trade that you had made roughly uh, about two and a half months ago or so. You deal DeAndre Hopkins in this league for – DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, who's been – I've been seeing him go up a 101 in some Dynasty startups in the FFPC. You guys deal him, but you get a, a, a windfall in exchange. You get Cooper Cup, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, Tell us uh, a little bit about how this deal came about, and Tom, why did you guys ultimately pull the trigger on it? Well, um, I guess the, the thing about trading is that we found it really kind of hard to do, and 
uh, never really pulled the trigger on any big trades since we started a couple years ago. And uh, there's a new owner that came to our league, and he was uh, interested in moving a lot of people around. And we uh, we were approached by him and, and this uh, amount of collateral for DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, we had to sit down and really think about it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty good offer. And initially he kind of he included a different player, but when we retaliated with Cooper Cup, um, yeah, it was a good deal for us. We were we were psyched on it. We're kind of anxious to hear what you yeah, thought. Well, you know, here's the thing. Normally, I always like getting the best player in the deal, and I think you guys would agree with me that DeAndre Hopkins is obviously the best player in this deal. However, you guys already have a a, a pretty good stable, a pretty good. Um, uh, core uh, on this team that can compete again this coming year. And now, yeah, I mean, you won't have Hopkins anymore, but you will have Cup, who uh, my my normal co-host Dave would, would say is the best receiver on the Rams, and he's the one that he wants to own for fantasy. And not only do you get Cup, uh, you know, to replace Hopkins, but you have the two first-rounders you get from, from him, the two second-rounders you get from him, plus, you know, you already have your first round and second round, so you, you guys are armed with a lot of draft picks in what should be a deep class. So I don't know if I would have done it, but I certainly can't dis- – I, I can't say you guys got ripped off because I think this, this could set you up for years to come. Well, no doubt. Well, that's we're, exactly uh, what we excited. were thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> Cameron, let me pitch this next question to you and talk about last year's rookie draft in this league. At the 108 you guys were picking, and you get Kareem Hunt. Obviously, I mean, this guy is a slam dunk, startup dynasty, first-round pick now. Um, so I'm curious, for is sure. a proper opportunity for, for a running back in this year's class is there another Kareem Hunt lurking uh, in this year's class that maybe you won't be able to get at the, you know, nobody's going to be taking him in the top three, but maybe a guy that could go at the end uh, or the bottom half, at least, of, of first-round rookie drafts that could have maybe a top 10 running back season in him? Yeah, I think uh, this year in particular, it's super deep running back draft class. Uh, and I think there's definitely a few guys that could go around 1.08, you know, Maybe maybe later, um, but I think there's also some some wide receivers in this draft that could be kind of around that that range too. So, you know, you got to kind of play it by ear and see see what falls. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I know, like, in, it seems. Like, I don't know what why this is, but it seems like in my dynasty drafts every year, I'm always picking sixth or seventh, and that's the case again this year. I think I'm picking sixth or seventh, and oh no, I take that back. I'm I'm picking uh, in eleventh in 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 one of my leagues. Uh, but I'll be right in the middle of the first round, guys. And I, I'm not too upset about it. Like, I think there's going to be very good talent, not only for my first round pick there, but I'm excited for my mid second round picks this year too, because I think the draft is that deep. Um, we'll get back to the rookie draft talk in a little bit, but I want to ask, and, and Tom, I'll pitch this to you. Uh, Jimmy Graham has been kind of a polarizing guy on this show the last few weeks, basically ever since he signed with the Packers. Uh, but talk a little bit about your tight end uh, on this team, Jimmy Graham. What kind of year uh, is he going to have with Aaron Rodgers tossing in the rock, knowing that Jordy Nelson is not going to be there to take away end zone targets uh, from him that, that maybe he would have gotten in the past? Talk a little bit about what you think Jimmy Graham's going to do this season, Tom. Well, I think uh, I think Jimmy will have a really great season. Uh, he's got uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing in the ball. I think that they uh, would like to have used their tight end a lot more in the past couple of seasons than they have. And Jimmy Graham's a fantastic target. Uh, he's 
he had 10 touchdowns last year uh, playing for Seattle, and I, I really don't think Seattle ever figured out how to really use him as a tight end. So I think he could have a couple, two, three really good seasons left in, in him. And as you say, there's no uh, Jordy Nelson there to uh, be the target monster. So uh, I think he's sitting pretty. Yeah, you look at what, I mean, this should be a prolific Packers offense again this season, even without Nelson, who I, I think it's clear uh, had lost the step and had dropped off a little bit. But you look at um, uh, the fact that not only is Nelson not there, but Devontae Adams, uh, you know, certainly he, he caught his share of touchdowns. But Randall Cobb, uh, I know Dave would say, is, is a big end zone guy. And he's maybe not a big target, but Rodgers seems to look at him there. But Graham, I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's, it, if you get inside the 10, and, you know, it's like third and goal. You know where the ball's going. And, and uh, I think that Rodgers and Graham are going to have plenty of opportunities to score the touchdowns. I don't know how successful he's going to be between the 20s. Uh, maybe he's lost some separation ability. Uh, maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical there. I have no doubts about Graham uh, inside the 10-yard line. I think he could catch a boatload of touchdowns this year. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman, joined tonight by the father-son duo of Tom and Cameron Hooker, who won the FFPC 1250 number seven league last year. And uh, Cameron, let's talk about, uh, you know, you guys uh, being Broncos fans. This is interesting for you. New quarterback. Uh, you don't have to put up for sure. Trevor Simeon nonsense anymore. It's, it's going to be the Case Keenum <laughs> show this year. Now, he's going to be throwing the ball to Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders uh, in the Mile High City. Now, given... Uh, uh, his age, Sanders' age, as he's on the wrong side of 30. But also given his improved quarterback situation, what would you take back in a dynasty trade right now for Sanders if you're offered? You can cite a player or like a pick that you would take back. If somebody gave this to you, what are you trading for Sanders? Because I'm, I'm of the belief, I think he bounces back this season. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think he definitely bounces back. It's kind of He's a hard player to quantify in a trade because, you know, being from Denver, I think we're a little biased probably, so it's hard to think that we'll get the value that we put in him back. But I think he's going to have a great year. Case Keenum, uh, you know, with the play action and everything, he's going to be able to get the get the ball to Sanders in a lot of different situations. So I would be looking to get a, a strong young player if I could for Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe, I don't know, maybe package I him think- for, for, for a real stud. I think what I – and I own Sanders in either one or – I know one for sure. I, I might own him in two dynasties. But I think if – obviously, if anybody gave me a first-round pick for him, I'm doing it. If anybody gave, offered me, like, a pick for between sure. the 201 and the 20, 201 to 207, I, I think I would give Sanders up for that. If it's anything after the 207, I'm not giving him up for a third-round pick. But if it's somewhere between 208 and 212 – then I have to sit and think about it. Um, I, and I'm not sure what I would do in that case. But the thing is, like, I know he's getting up there in years, but I think he's – and, Cam, you could, you could kind of uh, talk about this as far as what you think, uh, you know, your dynasty philosophy is on this. I'm willing to no have Sanders on my roster one more year. You know, he ages one more year, but I think his dynasty value gets back a little bit higher after this year, even though he's going to age one more year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he's still got some time left too. Um, he missed a lot of, he was injured for a good portion of this past year. So I think he's still uh, got some, some years left in him. So I like keeping him on the, the roster this year for sure. Yeah. And uh, kind of depending on how, how he ages. <laughs> yeah. He's already there, which we like, you know, 
we don't have to give anything for up sure. for him, which is great. And again, and we, I assume, we are, and, and I, I assume that you guys feel the, the same way about Demarius Thomas bouncing back too, right? Oh uh, yeah. yes, we'd like to, we'd like to hope so for sure. I want to get back to the, to the rookies here, Tom, and I'm, I'm going to uh, throw this question your way. Uh, the, the, obviously, the rookies don't have teams yet. I mean, we don't know where they're going to end up in the NFL draft, but it's still fun to talk about, and it's, it, it's fun to you know, sort of pontificate where these guys could end up uh, based on the rumors that we're hearing. Um, but from a talent standpoint between these next two guys, which rookie running back do you like better, uh, Ronald Jones II from USC or Rashad Penny from San Diego State? Which one of these guys do you think uh, is going to have the better dynasty career? Well, as you say, of course, it depends on where they end up. I mean, last year, um, I wouldn't have foreseen Kamara breaking out the way he did with with people in front of him like uh, AP and, and Ingram, but he still did. So, you know, these guys can break out, but I think uh, I think a guy like Ronald Jones, who's, who's played in a, a – a league that where he faces a lot of higher end uh, competition, he's just going to be better in the NFL than somebody who played at San Diego state. You know, that's my only knock on Penny. You know, he, uh, he plays a, a smaller program and they just don't play as many great players as, as a guy from USC is going to. So I, I never know what I'm looking at with college football players. So that's kind of <laughs> what I'm leaning towards on this one. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I and I, I've flipped uh, flipped back and forth on Penny. First, I, I thought he was just kind of you know like a gimmicky type guy, one of these guys that just piles up all this yardage. And then I actually got to watch him, and and I was like, you know, I, I, he's got some talent here. And then I, you know, I I don't know if he just plays small or what. I just thought he was a small guy. He's five ten, two twenty. So obviously he has yeah, he's a good big running guy. back. You, he's got. I mean, he's got that pro stature that that body that you would want in that backfield i my biggest question for him you know uh the the talent that he faced i think is 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 certainly worth talking about the other thing and and maybe i'm over rating this but he's got to be able to pass block better because he's not going to get in the game if he can't protect the quarterback but that's something that can be coached that's something that he can learn that's something he can get better at that's not something that you either have or you don't you know he he can get better at that so i think i'm i'm coming around to the penny side um, but they throw he, him the ball a lot, Penny? Rashad Penny at San Diego State, that is a good question. I and one I used to know uh, the uh, the answer to. I'm going to look up right now what his stats were at uh, San Diego State because I feel like I feel like he actually did catch the ball a, a decent amount there. I'm bringing it up right now. He had uh, no, he did not catch the ball a lot. He had in his career basically three years. We'll we'll say because he did not play much his his freshman year. But over three years, he had 42 catches uh, in his career. So that is not a lot. I, not I, I don't know how many targets or anything like that. So, but that'll be another another. We talk about Darius Geis a lot on this show. Whether and we're going to talk about him later. Um, but uh, whether he could catch the ball uh, in the pros, Leonard Fournette was able to do it pretty. Uh, pretty well uh, in his rookie year. So that that's something that we're going to have to take a look at uh, as well. I want to talk about a little it's dynasty a qu- philosophy here, Cameron, and, and how you feel about uh, draft picks. Now, obviously, the closer we get to the rookie drafts, that's 
the uh, you know the, the the more the the higher the value that you have to pay to get these rookie draft picks. Are you of the belief that if you want to deal away with uh, deal away a pick, you know, in other words, there's, there's nobody there that you you like for this pick, you want to trade down, you want to trade up, or whatever it be. Is it best to wait till you know you're basically on the clock or right before the draft starts? Is it best to wait that long, or are you not afraid to deal the pick away? You know, a month before the draft, three weeks before the draft. How how do you get? What, what's your philosophy, Cameron, on on trading draft? Picks? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for us at least, we definitely have been waiting for the hype train to get rolling on all the draft picks this year. As you get closer to the draft, and everybody gets to see the different players especially this year and the, the combine uh, results and everything starts rolling in those, the value on those picks really starts to pick up. And then also, I think if we were going to deal one of those picks, we'd probably consider doing it during the draft because it's difficult to know where players are going to fall. So it'd be, I would feel remorseful if, uh, if we had traded a pick away that we didn't think we were going to get a guy if he ended up falling there, you know? So I like to kind of make the decision when we, when we have all the chips on the table, if possible. I uh, want to go to the chat room with a question right now. This is from our friend Jake, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Valike or Valish. I, I'm not sure. But he has a dynasty cut question. Which one of these guys are you guys cutting uh, for, a, for a dynasty cut down? Would you cut Baltimore's new uh, deep threat, John Brown, or Dallas's new quasi-slot, maybe outside guy, Alan Hearns? If you, can, if you have to cut one of them, uh, Cameron, I'll, I'll I'll pitch this to you right away, and then and then Tom, I'll, I'll I want to hear what you think. But if you can only keep one of these guys, which one are you cutting, John Brown or Alan Hurts? I think I'm I'm going to go with John Brown. He's he's going to get the cut. I, we've had Alan Hurts before. We like him. I think he could have a a nice little he could have a nice spot in Dallas. Could play well in, at times. So I think I'd probably cut John Brown. Tom, are we're, you agree? Yeah, we're on the same page on that one. Plus, I like uh, I like the quarterback that Hearns is going to have better than uh, Flacco. You know? And and not only that, I mean, and we talked about this on the on the show last week too with uh, with um, with Hearns is all of a sudden after Dallas signs Hearns for this two year deal, now Stephen Jones comes out and says, well, we need to address uh, Des Bryant's contract. Now he gets cut. Uh, all of a sudden, Alan Hearns is a pretty prominent, uh, or you would think, has a pretty prominent role in that passing offense. Baltimore has already added Michael Crabtree. Uh, they're probably going to add a receiver in the first two rounds as well. I don't know where that leaves John Brown. I am with you guys. I am cutting John well, let, Brown. Let, let, and, let me uh, ask you a question. Uh, in, our, in our league, in the free agent pool, Alan Hearns is in the free agent pool for the upcoming free agent draft. What kind of ADP is he going to have? Yeah, that's an interesting question because you can't find like FFPC ADP for that because every league is so different. I would imagine right. now, if this were me, um, if this were me, if I had a late, I would could start considering Hearns late second, early third. I think before that, this draft is too deep. Um, there's probably like 20 players, I, I 20 rookies I'd want ahead of Hearns. Because uh, I kind of know what player, uh, what kind of player he is, and, and he's not—he's not terrible, you know. I, I kind of know what I'm getting with him, uh, but he's certainly a guy that, you know, after those first 20 rookies are off the board. Again, this is just me. Um, I would start looking at Hearns and acquiring him, and he could, I, you know, end up being maybe a, a top 20, a top 25 guy this year if Brian is no longer there. The, you know, he could really have a big season. Yeah, I agree. Right. I think he could do well in Dallas. 
I totally agree. Tom, let's, um, let's get back to you. I just mentioned uh, Michael Crabtree. If you owned him in Dynasty right now, would you take a late second-round pick back for him, or do you think he's yes. in, a, in for a big year in Baltimore as, uh, as their number one receiver? What are you doing if somebody offers you, say, like the 209 for Crabtree? I'd probably take it. Um, I, I'm not a big Joe Flacco fan. I don't like their offense that much for, for um, receivers. And uh, Crabtree, you know, he didn't do so well in San Francisco. He did well in in uh, in Oakland, but uh, you know, he could he could be a bust in in Baltimore. So I would I would take that if I could get it. You consider the age too. I mean, Crabtree entering his uh, his thirties. I think this is his age thirty one season, and the fact that uh, oh, you know you want to yeah, sell high on him. I'm, I I. I have Crabtree in one of my leagues, and I'm I'm trying to trade him anywhere I can get a second round pick for him. I haven't been able to get a second round pick for him yet. Anywhere, even if it's right. twelve, I, I would trade him for that. Uh, I'm all, I'm all on board on that. Uh, still uh, still no dice, but but uh, we'll keep working hard on that. Let's get to a couple of emails here from listeners uh, that I have in front of me. Thank you so much, Rob. Uh, Cameron, first one is for you. This is from Jim in Minersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, he writes, "Who will the start?" Oh, this is another Broncos question. Who will the starting running back be for the Broncos in week one? Congrats on the Dino title. That is Jim in Minersville, Pennsylvania. Thank you for the email, Jim. Uh, Cameron, what do you, uh, what do you think uh, when it comes down well, to it? Week one, who's the starting in the backfield for Denver? Yeah. First off, uh, thanks Jim for the congrats. Um, but big CJ Anderson fan. So I think he'll be holding down the backfield again. Uh, I don't really see them taking a running back in the draft and CJ has been so, I mean, He's super underrated. He doesn't get the the credit he deserves, uh, and I think he'll probably probably turn that role out really well if they can add some some uh, strength on the offensive line. From an outsider's perspective, Cameron, I hear a lot that the Broncos like Booker. They love Booker, and it seems like they want him to win the job. Is that true? I mean, is he is he going to get a, more of a chance at, at getting this deal given? You know he's obviously making a lot less than what C.A.J. Anderson is. So is it is it sort of an unbalanced competition right now? I feel like the DAC is is stacked uh, against Anderson right now. I yeah, I mean I I definitely agree that there's a component where they want to see Booker and get him out there. Um, but again, I don't know. C.J.'s consistent. He's always there. He's ready to go. Uh, he's had he had a little bit of injury issues, um, and I think Booker's good, but. I don't know. He struggled those times when he had the opportunity to play over the last two seasons. Uh, he doesn't see the hole as well sometimes. So I don't know. We'll see how, how well he plays in training camp. And if they, if they just, you know, if they roll with him and if he plays well, maybe he'll get the shot. But if he stumbles, I could see CJ getting back in there. He knows how to get well, it done. Makes if, me feel if better. If the Broncos take yeah. Saquon Barkley at five, uh, they'll probably drop CJ. But <laughs> yeah. other than that. Yeah, I, I and I would agree with that. And then I think that you know I've heard a lot of rumors of him, uh, you know, reuniting with Adam Gase in Miami and and making life miserable for fantasy owners down there with uh, Kenyon Drake and C.J. Anderson, you know, both requiring the football. I hope that doesn't happen since I just traded. Well, they just signed three, Gore, four weeks ago now. Yeah. Oh, and Frank Gore. It's, it's just it's it's Gore. It would be Gore Drake. Uh, Anderson, and then I, I can't imagine them taking a rookie, but maybe they would. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. 
But I just traded for Anderson a few weeks ago in one of my dynasty leagues, so I'm I'm hopeful that uh, he hangs on to that starting job because I think that Denver, like I said, I think the Denver offense, uh, and you guys are with me, uh, that they're in for a bounce back this year with Casey. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I don't think no they're doubt. dying to get rid of CJ, but I think that you know they could get up against it on the salary cap, and he could become a, a casualty in that regard. But um, he's a solid guy. He's a Bronco. He definitely is. And, I, and I, I've always liked him for, for fantasy, too. Uh, let's, get, uh, let's get Corey and Duluth George's email here. Uh, Tom, this is, uh, I'll, I'll give this one to you. I just got offered Devin Funches straight up for Marvin Jones in my Dynasty League. Would you do that deal? Thank you for the email. Corey, Tom, Devin Funches or Marvin Jones, who would you rather have in Marvin Dynasty? I love Marvin Jones, man. I, I love Marvin Jones. I think he's going to have a huge year. Um, up there in Detroit with uh, with Stafford throwing him the rock, uh, and I I don't think Funches uh, I don't think he's gonna be nearly as good as Jones. I'm I'm right there with you. You know, and and I'll say this about uh, these two guys: I actually own both Funches and Marvin Jones on the same dynasty team. Marvin Jones finished as the number 12 receiver in fantasy last year. And you look at what's changed on that Detroit offense. Certainly they, they have a new head coach, but still the same offensive coordinator. They dropped right. Eric Ebron so, so obvi- and brought, brought in Luke Wilson. I don't think that's a huge threat to Marvin Jones' production. You know, obviously if you have Kenny Galladay healthy all season, uh, he might cut into it a little bit. But to me, this is, this is the same offense. It's the same personnel. I haven't heard them talk about bringing anybody else in. I think Marvin Jones could have another great year this year. Whereas you look at Carolina, you know, they signed Jarius Wright. They're, they, uh, they've been rumored to be uh, looking at receivers in the first couple of rounds. I, I just, I feels like they are looking for, for more in that passing game in Carolina, where I think, you know, Detroit, uh, they, they already have a, a couple of solid guys in, in Tate and Jones. And, you know, it's funny, and I'll tell you this right now, Tom, if, if you like Marvin Jones, I think uh, put a few – I don't know who owns him uh, in, in your dynasty league, or maybe even you guys own him. I don't know. But put well, no, right out there because I think you, you tried to get him and you couldn't? Yeah, we, we tried to trade for him a couple of times. The guy that has him likes him, so – yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, the other thing okay. is I think Stafford's well, a lot better passer than uh, than uh, Cam Newton. Than Cam Newton. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 just, I certainly can't disagree with that. Yeah, I think it's. I would ask uh, Marvin Jones all the. What uh, What would you give up, or like, what would you offer for Jones? Well, I, I, I'm not giving up a first-rounder for him, but, I mean, if I had, like, a, like a 203, 204 in that range, I, I think that's, uh, that's solid value for, uh, for Marvin Jones. You know, and, and the thing is, that what's, what's the bust rate on an early second-round pick uh, for Dynasty? I mean, it's got to be fairly high. Yeah. Even first-round picks are, are fairly high. Um, so I, I would have no – Marvin Jones has proven, I, I think, over his career, and especially last year, that he is, he can be a, a big time playmaker in this offense. So I, I'd be more than willing to take maybe the limited ceiling uh, of Marvin Jones, knowing that he's never going to be a top five NFL receiver, but he's going to be a very helpful one for dynasty. So that's probably where I would be looking uh, to trade for Marvin Jones. All I know is that in leagues that are, you know, guests we've had come on the show and they talk about Marvin Jones um, and they, they want to sell high on him. 
they can't do it. They can't get mm. enough for him. Uh, and it just seems like he's been going at a discount. So maybe I wouldn't open with the early second round pick. Maybe I'd try to start yeah, a little bit lower. Uh, and, yeah, yeah and, and try to finish there. Exactly right. Uh, Tom, I, let's uh, uh, final question of the interview here, and then we'll get into some, some news and, and more emails. I'll pitch this to you first, and, and then Cameron, I, I definitely want to get uh, your take on this. Uh, as we look forward to the rookie drafts, who is the first-round rookie draft bust this year that uh, you guys will not be taking in, in your leagues? And then maybe a guy who might drop to the second round or third round of rookie drafts that you think is actually going to have a great fantasy career. Well, as far as who's going to drop, uh, I think uh, you might see a guy like uh, Kalen Ballage uh, from ASU, you know, in the second or third round. You might be able to pick him up. I think depending on where he goes, uh, he could be a, a great player. And then as far as the uh, the bus goes, I, yeah, it's hard to say, you know. Um, I think that uh, – um, you know, I think if you're looking at a guy like uh, Mark Walton, you know, I think that uh, he's had a lot of durability problems, and so I, I think he could be uh, kind of a bust. You know, he's been rated as a top seven re- uh, running back. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. What I'm a little what wary you, of Sony, Sony Michelle. I'm a little wary of Sony Michelle. I know he's been getting a lot of runs. But uh, he makes me a little wary for some reason. I don't know. Depends where he ends up, like anybody. But uh, he's a little bit slighter, a little smaller. I know that that's been you – know, I know that Kamara had a huge year, but they're different players. Uh, so I think he could, he, could, he could struggle, I think. So we'll see. Cameron, let me ask you this about Sony Michelle. If you are – you know, let's say we're uh, let's just say we're rooting for him to be a very good pro, and and we want him to succeed, which we do. Wouldn't you rather sure. see him drafted as a compliment, as like a a, a like an Alvin Kamara ish type guy, uh, you know, who comes in on third downs but maybe gets a series all to himself here and there, rather than go to a team like I'm thinking like. Um, like a place like no doubt. Well, I can't say Tennessee anymore since they they signed Deion Lewis, but but in that situation where he could pair with a banger like you know like Derrick Henry or something like that, wouldn't you rather see him go to a situation like that for fantasy rather than like somebody like Tampa that has you know the cupboard is bare down there where he will be counted on for all three downs? I think I'd for fantasy I'd rather see him go and be a compliment rather than the man. Me too. I think uh, especially with the way that he played in that same role in Georgia. Uh, he's, he knows that rhythm. He can, he knows the way to come in and, and get into that rhythm quickly. And I, and that's totally the, the questions I have about him. I don't know how durable he can be if he has to carry the load the whole time. Um, but I think if he was able to get, uh, in a position where he's able to come in and kind of a relief or third down role, or, uh, when the, when the setup was right, I think he could be, he could be great in that role. Yeah, he always had that Nick Chubb uh, to, to lean on in uh, at Georgia, and, and certainly I think that would make his transition to the pros that much easier. Uh, guys, let's get into some news uh, in Fantasy Flash here. I want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and, of course, Rob for tonight's rundown. Kick things off with, boy, a big hullabaloo going on in New York right now uh, with Odell Beckham. The New York Daily News, Gary Myers reports that Odell Beckham has actually told a couple of Rams players that he wants in. 
Uh, the Rams obviously also want Beckham in, and they've uh, put their number 23 overall pick this year on the table. Uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN has uh, reported that New York is looking for at least two first-round picks, uh, but the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport says the Giants would actually have to be blown away to make any kind of deal. Now, Vodo Beckham says he will not sign an extension, uh, which I think Rappaport has already uh, reported that, uh, Beckham will not set foot on a field until he gets that extension from the Giants. Obviously, the asking price could change, and it's unclear what the Rams want to give up. Uh, you know, in, if how much they want to give up in this deal to get Beckham, uh, knowing that they're going to have to sign into a long-term deal as well. So, in uh, let's let's take this uh, in the dynasty, and Tom, I'll pitch this to you. Uh, what would you take back in exchange uh, for Beckham in dynasty right now? If you had Odell Beckham. Are you looking to move him right now because of the uncertainty? And if so, where does the where where do you start with uh, with an offer that you would seriously consider giving him up for? Oh golly, I would have to get um, geez, at least two first round picks for him. Um, I I personally wouldn't be too worried about where he ends up if I owned him. I mean, he's going to be a star no matter where he goes, and whoever steps up to the plate to get him is going to pay him bank, and so they're going to use the daylights out of it. You know, how, yeah, how are agree. the Rams affording all these guys? I mean, yeah, they no have kidding, that right? That, you know, it's, it seems like they've been in on – not only have they been in on every guy, they've signed every guy. They've traded for Marcus Peters. They've signed a Domicong Sioux. Um, I, I guess they lost Jamie Watkins, so you could – Akeem Talib yeah. is now uh, a member of the Rams as well. So, and, and now they could be getting uh, Odell Beckham. I don't, I don't know how it's, how it's uh, all going on. Hey, Cameron, you're the finance guy. You, you are our yeah, capologist right now. How, how are the Rams <laughs> I, affording I, this? I brought it up. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's confusing me. They're all in. They're sending it. <laughs> They're going to be tough uh, this year. Not... Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald on the same line. That's going to be something else. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. That, that defense is is right up there uh, for sure, a top three fantasy defense this year. Yeah, I'm, you know, now that I think of it, you guys just dealt Hopkins for Cooper Cup, um, two first rounders and two second rounders. Is that what what you would part with? With, uh, I mean, would, would you would you take that back in exchange for Beckham? Yeah, I guess it would be probably a kind of thing. Yeah, I mean. You know, we really like Cup because, um, well, at least before they started talking about Odell Beckham there, you know, uh, Cup was the number one rookie wide receiver uh, in the NFL last year. And so his arrows definitely pointed up. Um, if they take Beckham, if they also get Beckham, then Cup's value will go down. But we didn't know that when we made the trade. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and I, I still think that – Beckham does not get traded, um, but yeah, this is certainly a situation worth watching for sure. Uh, the uh, general manager of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pace, actually said this week that he expects Jordan Howard to improve in the passing game. This is according to an article posted in the Chicago Tribune. Howard has not been so hot as a receiver since he's gotten into the league, and uh, that could, could be an issue for him in uh, new head coach Matt Nagy's offense. Uh, Pace says that Howard has actually made progress in the passing game. They expect him to get better, but he's got 12 drops on 82 targets uh, in his NFL career. So, Cameron, are you a believer in Jordan Howard catching more passes this season, or does Tariq Cohen represent a better value? And and before you answer that, I'll just tell you in redraft right now, in FFPC uh, best ball leagues, 
Uh, Jordan Howard is going at, with an ADP of the 306, whereas you can wait to, uh, to the 802 to draft Tariq Cohen. So which one's the better value, uh, Jordan Howard in, in the mid-third or Tariq Cohen in the early eighth? I actually would – I got to say I would love to own Jordan Howard in the mid-third. Uh, I think one thing, you know, you can, you can improve your ability to catch the football. That's something that can be worked on. I mean, guys that have natural hands – and instincts are obviously always going to be better at it, but you can improve your ability to catch the ball. And I think if they're focusing on that uh, with him and, you know, giving him the run to try to do that, I think he could make, I think he'd make a great three down back, a complete back if he could work that, you know, work that into his game. But yeah, and he's we'll kind of already, I mean, I, I, he's, I mean, he's done it already. Uh, he never really totally. caught passes in, in college. He, he has a, Eight, um, it was 24 catches that Jordan Howard had in college, and, and obviously he's struggled to do that in the pros as well. But uh, this is a very uh, friendly offense. I mean, we saw what Kareem Hunt did in this offense last year, and, and obviously he's a oh, different yeah. player than Jordan Howard. But if Howard can put it together, this could be a baffle year for him. And you're getting him in the mid-third. I mean, you're, you get Mark well, Ingram in the mid-third last year, sometimes even later. So th- he could be another guy this year that, that represents good value. And, and Nagy will ride him to death if they can get him to be a three-down back. That's been his profile in the past. So if uh, oh, Jordan Howard wanna... can do a little bit better on pass pro and catching the ball, he'll definitely be in there all the time. I am totally with you on that for sure. I uh, I want to get back to the uh, the chat room right now and another question from Jake. He wants to know, is Jarek McKinnon's uh, value a little bit too high? This is not in Dynasty, in Redraft. Um, he has been going, I'm just checking the FFPC ADP here, at the 308. So you're looking, you're talking, this is post-free agency. So this is after the 49ers had given him that big deal. He's going at the 308 right now. Uh, Tom, what what do you think about that spot right there for McKinnon? Does that seem about right to you? You know what? I don't know his game well enough to really have a, a strong feeling about it, but I would say that, uh, you know, they let Hyde go, so they must have pretty big plans for him in that uh, Shanahan offense. You know, he probably will he probably will play very, very well in that offense. Um, and and I, I mean, you look, at, you look at you look at where he is, or the running backs that are being selected after him right now: Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis, Jay Ajayi, Carlos Hyde. I mean, like McKinnon, he makes sense um, to to be going ahead of those guys. I guess like Derrick Henry, maybe I would take it in front, but they're going back to back. So I mean, the value is, is basically the same. The only thing, honestly, that really scares me with McKinnon right now is, well, number one, he. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has talked McKinnon up quite a bit, but he also talked up Joe Williams quite a bit last year, too, and we all saw how that ended up. What does scare me, the only thing that scares me is McKinnon, what happens if the Niners add a running back in round two or round three? And all of a sudden, McKinnon might be. You know, you don't know at this point. And maybe we do know with Derrick Henry, because I can't see Tennessee adding a back on on day one or day two, because they already have Henry and Lewis. Uh, so maybe that's more of a solidified um, situation, and I go with Henry over McKinnon there. But if they don't add another running back, McKinnon might turn well, ADP could go up even more. Shan- Shanahan likes those. Uh, he likes. I mean, McKinnon's a similar profile type to uh, uh, to Freeman in Atlanta, and I think you know he had a huge year in 2015 
with uh, Shanahan at the helm. So it could be interesting to see how McKinnon plays. Yeah, well, McKinnon is going to be a guy to watch. Freeman's a lot better back than McKinnon, but anyway, indeed. But and, and he could be, and he could. Be, I mean, he could be used in in a in a similar way uh, to Freeman. Maybe he doesn't put up the gaudy stats that Freeman has, but I mean, it, he, he won't have to in the third round. You know what I mean? He can he can be uh, right. a functional guy for you. You know, as the you know after the first twenty five players are off the board, uh, thirty players are off the board, you can get a guy like McKinnon putting up some decent numbers. But I, I'm with you on uh, the Freeman comp. I, I think Freeman is is the more talented guy. Uh, let's get into uh, the Indianapolis Star uh, report on <laughs> Eric Ebron. Uh, new Colts head coach, Frank Reich, actually called Eric Ebron an elite tight end. Uh, he talked a little bit more about it. Uh, get all the receivers on one side, get the back on the other side, and then just put the tight end back here and see what the defense does. You get a linebacker, you get a safety, and if you get a tight end like Ebron, even when they have a corner on him, you still feel it's a winning matchup because of his size and catch radius. Now, this could be coach speak, but remember, Frank Reich was with the Eagles last year that moved Zach Ertz all over the place, and maybe he wants to do the same thing with Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron obviously has a much higher drop rate uh, than Zach Ertz, and he also has to contend with somebody named Jack Doyle who's put up back-to-back uh, solid seasons as the Colts tight end. So, Cameron, you look at this. Is Eric Ebron in for a bounce back, or are we? is this just puff, uh, puffiness coming out from Frank Wright? Where do you fall on Ebron this season? Uh, I'm sensing the hype train on this one. I don't think he's – I think they're hyping him up, and, I, you know, the drop rate and stuff, I don't think he's really going to excel too – too exceptionally, I think Jack Doyle, like you said, is definitely a threat to his touches. Uh, I don't think I've ever been exceptionally impressed with Ebron's blocking either. So, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I'm not sold, to say the least. Tom, keeping it on the tight end tip, uh, the Saints actually signed Ben Watson, uh, who played for the Ravens last year, on a uh, one-year deal. This is according to a report from uh, Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, This is a homecoming for Watson because from 2013 to 2015, he was a Saint, and and, uh, he put up a 74-8-25-6 line in 2015 before uh, he signed with Baltimore, tore his Achilles, and missed all of 2016. Uh, Last year, at at in his age 36 season, he had 61 catches, 522 yards, and four touchdowns. And you look at what he could be on the Saints offense this year if they release Kobe Fleener. Uh, you have Ben Watson there again. How close, uh, uh, Tom, will he come to replicating his 2015 season in New Orleans when he had that big year? Well, the guy is pretty old, isn't he? You know, He'll be 37 uh, 30, this year. He's, he's 37 years old. He's coming off an Achilles injury um yeah i don't i don't i don't see how he's going to have the same year he had a couple years ago but he's also got drew Brees throwing him the ball so he's going to have a good season um a solid season uh but he's not going to have a season like uh jimmy graham had in new uh, New orleans when he had Brees throwing him the ball you know yeah i think uh, watson will have a better nfl season than a fantasy season he is going – he's basically free in best ball drafts right now. You can get him at the end of the 21st round. I expect that to change. Well, I mean, he's that's, going that's right, right around the same neighborhood as – yeah. Steven Anderson, Jake Butt, Mark Andrews, Josh Hill, Ed Dixon, Dallas Goddard, uh, Jesse James, all going around that same 
uh, range. But Watson uh, reuniting with Drew Brees, uh, he's obviously going to be uh, going up from that 21st round. So get him down there while you can. Uh, FanRake Sports, John Ledyard reports that uh, both Washington and Pittsburgh will have sit-down dinners with LSU rookie running back Darius Geis in advance of his pro day, which I believe will be taking place uh, next Wednesday. Uh, the Steelers already had an interview with Geis at the Combine uh, and will uh, be obviously meeting with him again. Pittsburgh General Manager Kevin Colbert, uh, Colbert and uh, Head Coach Mike Tomlin will be on hand for the uh, dinner with Geis in terms of what he will be doing with Washington. Team President Bruce Allen is expected to be meeting with him there. Uh, Tampa and Baltimore have also shown some interest in Darius Geis during this entire pre-draft process. Uh, he probably will not be taken in the top, uh, you know, first half of the, of the first round. But I've seen him go in a lot of mocks. Uh, in the uh, second half of the first round, sometimes in the early second, I haven't really seen him uh, lower than the early second thus far. Uh, so, Cameron, uh, we look at Darius Geis, uh, sort of the de facto number two running back for a lot of people right now. How good of a dynasty career will he have in the NFL? I think he, I think he'll have a great career. Uh, he's a very solid back, two twenty four, five foot ten. He profiles for a three down back for sure, and he's shown that ability at LSU. I think depending on where he lands, um, I heard somebody talking about the Colts actually uh, to bring that kind of back to Eric Ebron. You know, if he landed with the Colts, Marlon Mack is still there, but I think that he could really carve out a a nice role there. You know, what's interesting is I, I, maybe this doesn't change, and you guys would know better than me. Uh, and, and, Tom, I'll ask you. These two teams are very they're, – they're very different situations uh, and have very different situations in the backfield right now because if he goes to Pittsburgh, to me, is this year he will simply be a Le'Veon Bell handcuff, but this is a, a pick knowing that they probably will not have Le'Veon Bell on the team uh, in 2019. So obviously not a whole lot of value his first year, but after that he could be the man in the backfield on a very high-powered offense. Washington – has Chris Thompson as the pass catcher. They have Rob Kelly, who was, didn't really do anything last year, and then Samaji Piran, when given him the opportunity, he didn't do much. So, Tom, dependent upon if he goes to a team like Washington or a team like Pittsburgh, does that change where you think he gets picked in rookie drafts, or is he still you know, locked in on being like a top three, top four selection in FFPC rookie drafts no matter who picks him? Well, I think he's a top pick no matter who picks him because – they're all just one play away from, from starting. You know, if the lead back gets hurt, you know, if Bell gets hurt or if he becomes a knucklehead again and gets busted for doing drugs and he's out for three or four weeks or he slugs his wife or something, uh, these guys move up for a variety of reasons, you know. And then if they can play on top of it, they just blow past the competition. You know, it's kind of what Kamara did last year. He had lots of guys in front of him. And he just still ended up being the number one back, you know. Um, so I think Geis has got a great future either way. I mean, obviously, if there's nobody in front of him that can play, uh, he's going to play a lot sooner. Yeah, that, uh, the opportunity to think for running back. We saw we 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 saw with Kareem Hunt last year. You know, when Spencer Ware went down, Hunt had to be the man, and he was the man. Uh, he had that little. Uh, you know, brief time, you know, whatever it was, weeks 8 to 11 or 8 to 12, 
where he, he kind of was really sucking it up pretty hard. But then after that, he turned it on for the fantasy playoffs, and maybe we'll see that from guys this year. Just in time. Uh, guys, we have uh, we have roughly uh, like 10, 15 minutes left in the show. Let's answer as many of these emails as we can. Uh, and I will go to Cameron first. This is from Aaron in Wyndham, New York. Uh, he writes bulky, uh, high bulky and fill-in. After reading Nagy, says he views Trey Burton in the Kelsey role this season. Do you see him having a top 10 tight end year? Thanks, guys. That's Aaron in Wyndham, New York. Aaron, thank you for the email. Cameron, uh, Trey Burton, if, he, uh, if he's in the Kelsey hybrid role, I think, I think they call it the U or whatever uh, in that offense. Is he a top yeah. 10 guy in the FFPC? I think he's got an opportunity to do it. Uh, and, you know, FFPC, you get that extra half-point bonus per reception. Uh, I think he's got a lot of opportunity with – uh, with the young QB there, they could lean on him a lot, and he's, he played really well in Philadelphia. I like Burton. Um, it's hard to say if he's going to be top ten. Uh, tight ends is it's such a tough – I mean, it's a tough position to predict, but I don't know. Maybe he sneaks in there. I Maybe can... not. Well, what about Shaheen? He is. is he that's still there? Well, he, you know, Shaheen is the other guy that you, that we need to consider because – um, that now I'll, t- I'll tell you guys where, where these guys are going in drafts right now, but I was super excited about Shaheen until this Burton signing. And now I'm like, okay, great. Now they want to use Burton as, uh, the Kelsey guy, but Shaheen is the much bigger guy. So I don't know if, if maybe he gets some red zone, uh, or end zone uh, yeah. targets that maybe Burton wouldn't get, but Burton caught a lot of touchdowns in Philly when he gave the op- or got the opportunity too. So I'm not sure how to think about that right now. I can tell you in uh, the post the free agency uh, ADP with the FFPC, Shaheen is not going until the end of the 16th round, whereas Trey Burton has moved all the way up to the 803. So he's going, you know, almost nine full rounds ahead of uh, of Shaheen right now, and I'm counting how many tight ends are going in front of him, and I think it's 12, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah. So he's going as the 13th tight end off the board, so kind of like a borderline top 10 guy right now. But I'll tell you what, yeah. Tyler Eifert is somehow going in front of him. I'd rather have Trey Burton than Tyler Eifert. I don't know how I feel no about Jack Doyle yet. I mean, I might consider Burton ahead of Doyle. And Jordan Reed, I mean, I'm for sure taking Trey Burton over Jordan Reed. I just don't know when that guy's going to be healthy again. So I think Burton is, is still going to be ascending up draft boards. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll continue to climb the, the boards, uh, especially as we approach the season. I think the hype, the hype will continue to ride, but uh, – yeah, like she said, I'd much rather have him over Tyler Eifert and Jordan Reed. Those guys can't stay out there, uh, and it seems like Burton's had a, had the ability to stay on the field. So we'll see if he can if he can hold down that that main role or if Shaheen creeps in there. We like Shaheen as a as a rookie. I think he's a good prospect. Yeah, and you know what? In best balls right now, if you can get him in the 16th round, he's, he's certainly a worthwhile investment there for sure. Uh, Tom, let's, let's, uh, let's have you take this one. This is from Jerry in Sacramento, California. Uh, he writes, hi, fellas. Adam Gay still seems to believe in Devontae Parker, so should we as fantasy owners still believe too? He's costing basically nothing in my FFPC best ball drafts right now, and I might be a little overweight in him already. Am I making a mistake? And Tom, before you answer that, I'll tell you, that Devon, I don't. I can't even tell you how many receivers are going in front of Devontae Parker, but he is not going until the 10:02 on average in FFPC drafts right now. Is that a spot on the draft board that you can get on board with selecting Devontae Parker? 
Well, I think so. I mean, that that's pretty far down there. So, you know, I would see that as a good value. I don't know who else you would choose there, but I'm not a big Parker fan. I think Adam Gates has kind of lost control of that team a little bit, and he's trying to get rid of all the troublemakers and kind of redo it. But um, uh, I think they got a long way to go, and I think they're real unsettled at, with Tannehill. I don't think he's really the answer, and I don't think they know how to move on from him. Um, so I would be leery about him. I think Kenny Stills is going to have the better year. He's the other one there, right? Yes, yeah, Stills yeah, is definitely I, I, uh, is still, still in play and there. And they're going to have to pick somebody up after getting rid of Landry. There's a lot. I mean, I, again, I, I, I mean, I said it earlier. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing down there, and, and I'm not going to pretend to to say I do. I will tell you guys, Devontae Parker is going as the 39th receiver off the board. Guys who are going right around him include Nelson Aguilar, Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Goodwin, and Sterling Shepard. So that's where you can uh, expect oh, to draft like uh, Parker right now. And I'll tell you right now that Kenny Stills is not being selected until uh, two rounds later at the 12.04. So maybe that's the better investment there for Miami. Might be. Yeah. Um, Hard to say, though. You know, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't think they really know what they're doing. Who did they they replace Landry with? Nobody. Well, they, 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 I mean, they got they they signed in free agency. They signed and again, I don't know why, but they got Danny Amendola and they got Albert Wilson. Oh, so oh, yeah. I don't know how those guys figure in, into the offense. I mean, maybe Amendola is is a really really poor man's Jarvis Landry. I don't know, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I don't un, this wide receiver uh, core that they have down there. They, they have all those guys we just mentioned, and I think we'd all agree that they still need somebody else. Like, the, the answer is right. not there yet. Sure. They are not done adding yet. And, and it, that's certainly frustrating that you get rid of Landry and so add two more guys. They'll be drafting and, and, one of these wideouts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think they'd yeah, be I mean, a I receiver? Think, and I think they could be uh, drafting Cortland Sutton down there, you know? It would nothing would surprise me at this point with Miami uh, for sure. Uh, Cameron, let's go to you for this next one. This is John in Burr Ridge, Illinois. Uh, he writes first they're probably going to cut him, then it sounds like they're keeping him. Now it seemed to have flip flopped again. So what are you guys doing with Des Bryant in your dynasty leagues? Thank you for the email, John in Burr Ridge, Illinois. So Des Bryant, uh, Cameron, how do you treat him right now? Are you in a holding pattern with him to see what Dallas does? Are you trying to move him right now? Are you trying to go out and acquire him? What What are your thoughts on, on what people should be doing with Bryant? Well, I mean, if you're holding Bryant, I think his, his value is real low right now uh, compared to what it could be. And it'll be interesting to see if he finds a new home. I think he could honestly use a, a change of scenery. And if he were to get moved, then I would probably be a buyer. I think he's still got some good years left, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like something's wrong with his relationship there in Dallas. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he if he stays on the team. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a tough time to sell on him. But if you can pay a super low price, I might consider it. Undoubtedly, uh, Dallas is going to release him, and then I'm sure Miami will sign him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good one. I mean that would that would just make too much sense, just you know, just to be in on uh, every receiver out there right now. 
Uh, Tom, yeah. this one's for you. This is uh, Joe in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, he writes, hey, Eric, an improvement on Dave co-host. That's you guys. Am I better off taking Lamar Miller or Deontay Foreman this year as the Texans running back to own? Happy Easter. That's Joe in East Lansing, Michigan. You know, this is interesting, and, and Thanks, I'll Joe. tell you their ADP here in a second. But Lamar Miller is currently going at the 704 in FFPC drafts. And Dante Foreman, or Dante Foreman, is going at the 906. So you could get Foreman two rounds later. Now, if you, Tom, if you only want to be invested in one, which is the guy you want to be invested in? Laura Miller in the early seventh or Dante Foreman in the early uh, ninth? Well, you know what? I probably wouldn't draft either one of those guys, but uh, I would take Foreman, I think. Uh, I think he's got – he's a little bit younger, right? Are we talking about Dynasty? Yes, sir. No, this we'll yeah. just do we'll do redraft. I think I think we're all in agreement that we'd all rather have Foreman than Miller in Dynasty, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, so for yeah. um, you know, whichever one's not going to get hurt, I guess is really the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get on your crystal ball and see what's what's going to happen there. Um, well, Foreman's a little bigger, a little sturdier. Um, that's what I'd have. He was a second-round pick, I believe, last year by the Texans, and I'm going to look this up. I thought he was fairly young coming into the NFL. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think yeah, he was like you know, one of these older backs. He was born April 20. Okay, so he's got a birthday coming up, 1996. So he turns 22 this year. So he's still fairly young. Lamar Miller's got a lot of tread on the tires. Actually, he uh, – uh, Foreman was a late third-round pick last year. But you look at what he represents. We know what Lamar Miller is. We know what he can do. We're not really sure what Foreman can do. He's coming off that, that yeah. I believe he tore his Achilles, and, and then he was on the uh, on IR last year. But he's a younger guy, six foot two thirty five. Maybe he can come back from that. And we saw what, what that Texans offense was capable of when they were you know, running at full speed when Deshaun Watson was healthy. Being the lead back in that offense certainly uh, could be very, very valuable. And uh, Tom, like you said, uh, Foreman is going two rounds later. Uh, it would make sense that, that you take the guy who is the second one off the board and uh, hopefully uh, you hit lightning in a bottle. Uh, final email tonight, Cameron. This one's for you. This He writes, Dear Rick and Morty. I don't watch that show. Last year, Quincy <laughs> was all the rage on being an underdrafted wide receiver one. One neck injury and IR placement later, he's fighting with Terrell Pryor and Robbie Anderson to be the lead dog in that passing offense. Who would you guys be drafting between the three of them? Thank you for the email, Rick, in Houston, Texas. So you look at um, Terrell Pryor signing with the Jets, Robbie Anderson coming back. However, he's got some off-the-field concerns. And then Quincy Inunua uh, coming off that neck injury last year. Which one do you think is the receiver to own this year for fantasy uh, not from a dynasty standpoint, just from a redraft. Uh, which is the receiver to own this year, Cameron, uh, between those three guys for the Jets? Oh, it's a tricky trio right there. Um, but honestly, I like Robbie Anderson the best. If he can, you know, clean everything up and stay on the field, I think he's probably got the best upside from a fantasy prospect. Uh, I was high on Ian uh, in at the beginning of last year, just, you know, just like everybody else, and then he got injured. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, and then I like Terrell Pryor, too, but he only had that one good year on the Browns, and he's honestly starting to get a little bit older. So 
uh, I'd, I'd say Robbie Anderson would be my 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 favorite of those three. But again, it's and hard Cameron, to say. I can I, I can I can tell you that uh, FFPC owners agree with you right now because they are taking Robbie Anderson in the 13th. Uh, Terrell Pryor coming off the board at the end of the 15th round, and Quincy Inunua not being selected until the uh, 22nd round. So you could get Ben Watson. Well, uh, and Quincy Inunua in the 21st and 22nd round right now. Not a bad way to, to invest uh, on those picks. Yeah. But Anderson clearly <laughs> like uh, the, the, the lead dog of those three. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And we like you guys for coming on the show tonight. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Tom and thank Cameron, you, I really want to uh, th- thank you for coming on the show tonight, for co-hosting, and honestly making my hour much more enjoyable than it is when I have to host it with Dave. Congrats on the 1250, <laughs> number seven. Uh, really appreciate uh, and, and, uh, you. you guys, um, you know, kicking kick ass in that league, and, and hopefully you can do it again this year and go back to back. Uh, but best of luck in all your leagues uh, this season. Uh, thanks so much for coming for on sure. the show, and we'll Thank talk you. to you guys again soon. Good luck to you. Yeah. Again. Thanks, thanks, Eric. Bye bye. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Love to be on again uh, anytime you're looking for a co-host. <laughs> That sounds great. I appreciate it, guys. Tom and Cameron Hooker uh, joining the show tonight as co-hosts on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. The 1250, number seven, Dynasty Champs. Always great to have people like that come on this time of year. We have Dynasty Startup starting soon. We have uh, the rookie drafts are coming up, uh, boy, what, what is it, uh, early May, mid, mid-May? mid I think it's mid-May because it's always two weeks after Uh, the NFL draft, which is actually less than a month away. Can you guys believe it? We are less than a month away from the NFL draft. It, uh, it's sneaking up, uh, sneaking up quick. Uh, we'll have to, uh, keep you abreast on all the, uh, dynasty happenings around the FFPC, what people are being traded for, what the, uh, rookie, where the rookies are going and not only in redraft, but in, uh, dynasty startups that we'll have going on in the next couple of weeks as well. We'll do our best to keep you guys posted on that. So with that, I want to thank uh, Tom Hooker. I want to thank Cameron Hooker for coming on the show tonight and co-hosting with me. I want to also, of course, thank the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, all of you for listening once again. Dave will be back next Friday. We will have a guest next Friday as well, so things will get back to uh, normal. And uh, hopefully we can live up to how awesome this show was tonight with uh, Tom and Cameron. Register for the main event. Best Ball Dynasty League now at myffpc.com. Get in on that football, guys. Early bird. MyFFC.com slash football guys. Get those three leagues. Uh, take advantage of that. And happy Easter to everybody. Happy birthday to my daughter on Sunday. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dogs stay on the court. Load of whips. Special preview for everybody that I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Go to rotoviz.com slash podcast this coming Thursday morning, and you will find fresh and toasty for you, uh, pairing perfect with your morning coffee. Uh, the latest episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, yours truly, and of course, the Long John's franchise owner himself, he of Dunkin' Donuts fame, John Luxum. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of great Dynasty stuff there. And uh, I uh, hope you tune in and listen and uh, apply some of the knowledge that John Luxon will be dropping to your Dynasty Leagues this year. And 
I know you'll do uh, even better than you guys all did last year. Thanks a lot. Happy Easter. Have a great weekend.